Mm-hmm. Oh, I've uh, never messed with this knob before. I wonder what that does. Well, let me give it a twist here. Uh, hello? Who? Who are you? And what are you doing on this frequency? Who is hello? this? Who is this? What is your name? What are you doing on this frequency? Well, name is Desco. Desco Sunfury, champion of the Black Sands Arena. In that case, I will tell you my name. I am Drian. Black Sands Arena, you say? Who Indeed. trained you there? Yeah, that's a bit of a long story. Yeah, come from the Nemes Ludus, man known as Numerius Clovius Nemesinus. I believe that's how you pronounce it. It's been a while. Huh. And you are champion there, you say? Indeed I am. You've heard of me before, right? I have heard the name Desco, spoken amongst the, oh, different sporting fans around town. Well, I am mighty. It is my understanding you are Drakan. Do you know your parents before you came to this Buddhist? Uh, can't. Can't say that I did. See, I was brought to that Ludus as a little egg and hatched right there in the arena. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, they had some really interesting names for me. Good thing I knew my name when I was born. Apparently, Amanians don't know that, but yeah, I woke up and I knew my name. But they had some interesting names they were throwing around, like Lizard Joe, Lazar, wanted to name me Nemes after the Ludus, Orange Demon, Big Horn Demon, Big Horny Demon, Hoppy, huh. Terrible Lizard, Bad Lizard, when Orange. You, how long were you at this Black Sands Arena? You still there? Uh, nah, been... Was there for about 30 years. Hmm. Do you by chance know a dwarf named Rufus? Oh, yeah, Rufus. I met him there in the arena. They came to see me just before my big fight that day. They had to test their fruit knowledge. Don't trust anybody that uh, doesn't like their fruits. Did he happen to tell you where he was from? I can't say he did. and. If he did, honestly, I don't remember. And you say you left Black Sands Arena with him? Well, see, that was some weird stuff going on. Apparently, people started getting hopped up in the stands, started killing each other. And my handler at the times told me to go with him. Yeah, they tried to say they saved me, but <laughs> yeah, I, I could have gotten out on my own. I see. Well, I must go now. Will you perhaps be around later for a longer interview? Yeah, it could be. I do like talking on this thing. You know, uh, Dewdrop yourself? Who is this Dewdrop? Uh, he's the one that gave me this fancy device. I've never tried this knob until now. Hmm. It's good to know other people are on here. I'll have to see who else I can talk to. You should uh, tune into 102.5.
102.5. Got it. Is that a, what is that? Who am I going to be talking to there? Not so much talk. Listen only. Well, it's not as fun. Oh, you will enjoy. So, uh, you like fruits as well? Radio silence. (laughs) (laughs) I guess she hung up. Well, let's see. One, oh, two, point, three, no, four, oh, five. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Lost Geeks podcast. I'm the Doc. And I'm JT. And welcome to another episode of Deck of Cards. And also the voice of Desco, if that wasn't obvious. Who is your character in our campaign? Indeed. So we're kind of doing this as a little summary of my campaign for those of you that aren't playing. It's going to be kind of through Desco's eyes. So whenever we do a Lens of Truth, we're going to try to reveal a little bit more of what's been going on in my campaign. But again, it'll be through Desco's eyes. Maybe we'll have interviews with some of the other players at some point, the player characters, but... Ooh, that could be fun. Yeah, Yeah, we'll get some backstory. We might have to introduce some more characters just to get other viewpoints desco's knowledge is kind of limited <laughs> by just mm-hmm. the events he was in yeah so drianne are well she will the group will be meeting her soon and we can talk more about her but uh, yeah, that's actually desco's first meeting we got some role play in yeah <laughs> that, that's fun yeah drianne is actually based on one of my early war, world of warcraft characters so it's a big placement in the world <laughs> I believe she was a rogue. Yep. Right? Yep. A rogue. Uh, I have inside knowledge. <laughs> Unfortunately, because of my deep voice, I wasn't able to get a female voice that I really liked for her. So we went with that. So we'll I'll work on that. The voice might change a tad as I get a chance to practice it more, but it was good enough, I think, for a <laughs> first to try at her. Yeah, no, it sounded good. That was fun. So what do we want to go through on the lens of truth this week? What do they got for us? So as those of you who've been listening know, and if you haven't, we have a segment that goes along with the art of game design, a deck of lenses by Jesse Shell. And this is a deck of cards that helps, uh, 100 cards, I'll add, that helps with your game, basically game design in general. And so we've done two cards. And so what we do is we're going to pull a random card. We have no idea what we're pulling. And we're going to discuss it, see how it pertains to different types of games in general, and then how we can apply it to our own project. Mm -hmm. So the the moment, the fun moment, we're always looking forward to. uh, These have been freshly shuffled. So middle... Top. The two we've already done have been pulled um, out already, I assume. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, should, like, I, should put, I should throw them back in just... <laughs> See if we answer we it differently one. later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to try from the top again? 
Or are we not? Ah, let's do the middle this time. Let's change it up and go for the middle. Ah, middle. All right. Here we go. I would pull card 85. The lens of expression. It's got like a little lens with a top hat. That's fun. When players get a chance to express themselves, it makes them feel alive, proud, important, and connected. To use this lens, ask yourself the following questions. How am I letting players express themselves? What ways am I forgetting? Are players proud of their identity? Why or why not? Hmm. Oh, this will be a fun one, I think. Uh, definitely. Um, it's a very interesting question. One, I think that a lot of developers are taking a closer look at in terms of just customization in types of games, especially the ranked ones. Yeah. Well, and especially like even create a character is so big now. <laughs> I mean, the, the details in some of those are pretty intense. I remember when World of Warcraft was first coming out and my expectations for that game was through the roof. And I remember the developers coming on and talking about the game and really downplaying character customization and saying, ah, players don't really care about that. (laughs) Wasn't the selection not that great? early on either like i mean there was some variety but it wasn't a great variety the, the hairstyles didn't come in until much much later if i recall where they actually added in like extra beards and new hairstyles and stuff that was like a much later thing if i recall oh yeah um much much later your eye color was tied to your face you chose so if you wanted a certain eye color you were stuck with that face and Ultimately, what happened is, I mean, it was kind of a running joke on there. It's like, oh, everybody looks the same. <laughs> well, so what was the first? Uh, we can go into the first one, I guess, a little more detailed. So, how is a game letting players express themselves, or in what we're doing? Yeah, and, and we can answer this in any order in our project. How are we going to let the players express themselves? Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking we would go with. And I mean, obviously, in a tabletop game they're expressing it through the character they make. Yeah. I mean, you're building a character from scratch and this is true in pretty much any role-playing tabletop. You're going to be building your character from the ground up. Mm -hmm. So starting with mechanics, building in personality and your skills. And if there's a class system, what class you're playing, all of it ties into who your character is going to be. And in terms of D&D, you can leave it totally up to chance. Uh, they have a system where you can just roll for everything, so it can be completely random. And obviously, uh, depending on the DM you have, you may have set stat points that you put in for your abilities, or you may be rolling for them. And if I'm ever in a situation like that, I kind of like to do my rolls first and know what my stats are going to be, and then... <laughs> based off that decide what type of character i'm going to make and even in video games i guess you kind of to go back to world of warcraft really quick well not really world of warcraft but video games really quick when i'm making a character i sometimes give them a little bit of a backstory i guess that is what i wanted to get into world of warcraft is like drian the rogue 
I mean, I had a backstory in mind for her and it was, you know, kind of a simple one, but it's like a little bit, it follows with what's going on in the game, but, oh, she's a rogue, you know, standard rogue, but I have backstories for all of my WoW characters. I shouldn't say all, but (laughs) at least short ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it just makes the game a lot more fun and enjoyable if you're role playing a character in that world yeah especially if you follow the series if you've played the rts games and have followed it all the way into world of warcraft it's like oh finally i'm a character in this world this would probably go without saying but i'm basically reinventing the backstory for our world <laughs> but um I, she's a rogue I, I will say that i mean she's a rogue obviously but the i'm not obviously we're not world of warcraft so the story is not going to be the exact same yeah and i'm I can say I'm very happy that Blizzard has decided, even though it was much later on, to revamp their customization system, even taking it as far as to letting you design your gear uh, and pick, you know, how you want each item slot to look like, uh, goes a long way towards you giving your character that iconic look you want them to have. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's, one and when we're talking role playing games, customization is the biggest, I think, way you can give players to express themselves quickly, followed up by choice. In a lot of games, you might be asked certain questions, or there might be certain paths you can go down, and now you're giving the player the power to choose, well, am I going to be a goody-goody? Am I going to go evil? Am I going to be, you know, somewhere in the middle? I do a little good, a little bit of bad. (laughs) What are you, where do you want to fall on the moral line? And then, you know, how is your character, not only their physical attributes that you've done in the beginning, but are there you know, tattoos or scars or, you know, different hairstyles or clothing and armor sets and weapons Mm -hmm. that you can unlock. And maybe even those have some customization to them so you can take that even further. And that I think is a major reward in many cases is being able to have that. Mm -hmm. Well, I know some, some games even give out like the cosmetics as rewards for playing sports Mm -hmm. games wrestling games and i think sports games are pretty known for that like tattoos i know like yeah uh, nba games you can get like different shoes and stuff like that yeah so different types of gear uh i know i've played a lot of uh the madden games and yeah so you can choose what type of helmet you know how thick you want your pads how you want to wear your jersey and there's a lot of there are there are a lot of options to for you to have your player look how they you feel they should Mm -hmm. and then it's getting into like branching storylines where do you want your character to end up in the story and i think the world plays a big part in that and in some games, it is a little more limited. And in others, it's a much more open. And then you have games that are heavy role-playing games, but you're stepping into the shoes of a character that's already established. I, Witcher is coming to mind. You step into the shoes of Geralt, and you're 
in that world as him making those decisions. Mm -hmm. And so that can be fun too, stepping out. And it's kind of the same thing when you're writing or you're world building or you're building a character for role playing, you're putting a bit of your self into it. So a little bit of yourself is always going to be present in these these characters, regardless of how much control you're given. And I think you get that even a little bit when you're playing a game like The Witcher, even though the character is like already someone there. I think you do kind of get into the character as you're playing the game. I mean, it's no different than reading a book, I guess, is what I would compare it to. You're living out that character's story. And while you might not be able to directly Mm -hmm. interject things into it, you can also see that character's strengths and weaknesses and apply them to yourself. Because I I remember it was... I, I don't remember what it was in reference to that. Like all characters have to have a character flaw and that's how people relate to them. You can see that in any great video game. There's always something and you can at least in some way, most of the time relate to those character flaws. Maybe not every time. <laughs> yeah. And I know it, a lot of times it. I'm playing a character that maybe is already established and it's like, ah, I, I would probably do this, but what would this character do? Yep. <laughs> Honestly, in this situation. Yeah, I agree. And, I've done that before. I mean, you're thinking some games, it's like, no, I'm playing a bad guy. This is what he would do, not what I would do. <laughs> and even in those games, you can still give the players a way to express themselves by how, like in Witcher, you can build Geralt's class how you want. You can make mm-hmm. more combat, more magic, more alchemy. How do you want to build that character and have him adventure through that world that's all on the player and so even if you're in that type of setting there's still ways to allow players to express themselves and I think that's really important because it gives it gives you a sense of freedom and it's built into the story sometimes too like if you get to make a decision am I going to help this person or not and are you playing you know girls as a little not really like a harsher individual who's mostly looking out for himself or do you play him as the one who helps with every single side quest and there's a little bit more details than that but i think each i know the first two there are decisions the second one it one of the areas i think is an entirely different area depending on how you make decisions of who you side with and stuff like you know do you side with the elves do you side with the humans that sort of thing i mean they're pretty big decisions too but the game can play out completely different depending on which one you pick so I said, I think even like you said, even in those games, you do get a lot of things that allow you to kind of make it your own. Well, and I exactly. And I really enjoy the role playing aspect. So even in a game where the out the outcome at the end of the game, even if it's the same, no matter what path you took, that path of how you got there, at least for me, is still very important Mm -hmm. because I took my path there. I didn't have to follow the path the game wanted me to take. I built the character how I wanted to build them. And I made the decisions and took the path that I wanted to take. And so I guess moving into our own design, I feel like we've got this in spades. This is kind of like our bread and butter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was saying when the question came up. I'm like, yeah, I think we got this. We're actually yeah. hoping to allow players to express themselves more in ours than anything. I mean, the, the customization options are going to be simple, but you're going to be able to build exactly the character you want, but also have it be simple in designing it. It's not going to have to be 
I mean, it's going to have to be thought out a little bit, but we're hoping to simplify the process. Yeah, simple, but you, as I've talked to you before, it, every step is simple. Like every part of it along the way is fairly simple, but then you're building everything in layers. And so you get that complexity through those layers, which I feel as a designer is just much easier to balance when you can look at something and on a small scale and make adjustments and easily see how it's going to affect those other layers instead of just kind of keeping everything separate and then hoping, well, I hope this class isn't going to be overpowered <laughs> on the battlefield. And, but you were still giving that freedom in your class decision and what type of magics your character wants to have and obviously everything that goes into role playing you know what colors their skin what colors their hair their eyes how tall are they how heavy are they you know are they muscular are they not as muscular and then <laughs> I think we've mentioned this before having the amount of races that we have you've got so many races to choose from and so you can find the flavor you want mm -hmm. and even if that's playing a human-like character it's still there you still have all of those options and then there's the attribute system that you can cherry pick from you know it's kind of that a la carte menu of like "Ooh, i like this mm -hmm. i like this Ooh, that's nice <laughs> and then as your character's leveling and you're gaining experience you can decide all right do i want to stay on the original path that i was on or do i want to switch to something else yeah you know maybe i went into this thinking i was going to be more of a melee damage dealer but i'm turning out to be more of a tank so maybe i should take you know, an ability, a skill ability that allows me to yeah. be a little better at that. And that's not to say the other stats you already took aren't going to be helpful too. You're just, you're rounding out in different areas. Yeah. Because even if you say start to dwell more into like the magic part of things and build that up, it's going to be able to add to the melee damage you're doing. So it's not, everything can be beneficial. It just depends on how, which direction you want to go. And then in our system, we have the GL, the game lead. So you have the, the lead storyline that they've put together. But then, as in other role-playing games, you have the complete freedom to write your character's own backstory, where they were born, how they were raised, what challenges did they face growing up? You know, did they have a really nice lifestyle? Did they have a really did they really struggle? to get to the point that they were at provided you know you've spoken to your dm you can't <laughs> not gonna throw that out there that you just do anything in your backstory it's it's all within reason but you do have a lot of freedom when it comes to designing how you got to be at that point mm -hmm. and i think another fun thing that i don't see as often is characters working together to have characters that are basically that know each other and have backstories that have come together and so there's some familiarity as the group starts to form so yeah a lot of yeah a lot of options for 
customization. Like I said, this is kind of the bread and butter of all tabletop role playing games. And then I think we are taking it a step further. Our magic system is just going to be insane and amazing. And it's going to be just a wonderful, wonderful thing when it's all said and done in terms of allowing you to really be who you want that character to be, whether the character is a representation of yourself or maybe someone that's completely different than who you are. And I know there's like a lot of blowback. I'm like, well, if you're in a role-playing game, why do you want to play someone that's like you? It's like, well, they're maybe personality-wise, but I can't <laughs> do everything they can do. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. You're not, you might be Batman in the game where you're going to be able to fight dragons and stuff. You as a human can't do that, but they, there might be a personality similar to yours, but it's like a superhero version of yourself. Yes. And then you've got that, side where it's like i'm gonna play something completely opposite of who i am and both both are very valid but i i have seen some like weird blowback on like why would you want to role play like yourself (laughs) that's it's like it's it's still a role-playing game (laughs) and even if you're applying your own personality it's like you're not this adventurer you haven't been through everything they've been through so it's a way of role-playing out if your life had been in that reality, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> so the next question they have on here is what ways am I forgetting? I don't think we're forgetting anything. Unless it's like, you're, it's losing a good yourself. you're yeah, I, I don't think we're forgetting anything. I don't know. I played a lot of video games and a decent amount of tabletop. I've read a lot of books. I, I like what we're doing. I mean, we have based it on, what we like so hopefully we're not forgetting anything yeah i don't i think because just being in a role-playing tabletop environment like that's your first and foremost is like how are the players being able to express themselves whether they're you know wanting whatever type of character or personality they want to have at that table you know are we giving them the freedom does what we're designing give them the freedom to do that i think just by the very nature yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i think it's a good question for a lot of game developers out there whether you're a beginner or somewhere in the middle or a pro it's looking at it and am i doing enough have i done enough to look at how players can express themselves Mm-hmm. And I think like like we had already given examples of, even if you have an established character, you can still allow the player to have influence and ways to express the decisions they make. And obviously there I've played a lot of games and there's been very uh, that that can be very limited. But as long as and I'm thinking of the Arkham games, which are amazing games and you can build Batman's skills how you want to build them, but you eventually get all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just, well, what do I want to focus on for the start and then kind of wrap up on the end? But you do have the freedom to express yourself in how you approach the fights. 
am I going to go in and do all the fights as stealthy as I can? Or am I going to go in and just ground and pound and go full on combat to get through the situation? So even in something like that, that's just, especially the older ones where they were very linear, you still had some options of expressing yourself as a player in the game. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't play many like tournament type games. I don't play many uh, like first person shooter games. I, I'm not sure if they do a lot for players to express themselves. Other, than, I mean, other than shooting, how they, yeah, no, how they well, approach the game, whether the, what their build is, maybe they they do more... have. Well, I guess it's like a sports games. They do have like customization because I know like Overwatch is an example. You get outfits for your guys and voice lines. Call of Duty, there's different camos and different outfits you can wear so it's cosmetics pretty much yeah and then probably just builds whether you're going to be more ranged or close up Mm -hmm. you know are you a player that's on a team already and you're looking to be more support or are you the one looking to grab all the kills and i guess shooter games they do Call of Duty always there is a story mode, a campaign that I usually play through. And it's, I mean, it's somewhat generic, I guess. <laughs> I remember when we played through the, was it three? <laughs> so long ago. I, yeah, I don't remember. It's been a long time. It was probably Modern Warfare 3. I think so. And I, I just remember us co-oping and trying to get through some of those <laughs> levels which was challenging, but it was really fun. I was talking with somebody about Call of Duty the other day, and we were discussing how it is kind of nice, and I haven't played one in a while, but it's very... I don't remember there being a lot of pressure. It was just, you're playing, you're getting to shoot people, you're dying. It was fun when you were winning, but it, it was a little more laid back than some of the shooters I've played recently. Of course, I didn't play ranked on the Call of Duty either. <laughs> that, that seems like a lot of stress to me when I think about it, when after especially after some of the stories you've told me on non-ranked matches just like yes way too much stress well that's what i mean on that one we didn't we didn't play ranked back then so it was a little more casual which was kind of nice yeah i can't go back to it i've just i've played too many of them (laughs) i yeah i think i'm my shooter days are done okay so the last question here are players proud of their identity why or why not I guess my answer for our stuff was be, would be, I hope so. And if you're not, you can re-roll a new character. Can we discuss one thing that I think would be an interesting thing is Rufus stealing the golden piano from Desco's room? Because <laughs> I think he felt bad about that afterward. There was hints of regret, but he he never got a chance to make it up to you. Yeah, that was... <laughs> I, I think I've thought about that shortly after we ended your campaign for the year and i remember thinking like oh oh well missed missed opportunities (laughs) yeah it would have been a nice moment if he had got to make it up to you at some point but it didn't happen so oh well well i was just thinking about this like you you kind of said this though but yeah i mean you can always roll up a new character if you don't like the way your character is progressing we kind of We've had seen a little bit of that in mind. Our player who's playing Amadeus wanted to make an alternative character. And I don't think he's done with Amadeus. He still wants to play him, but he just wanted something a little different. So you can always roll up a second character. We're going to allow for that in our system too, I think. Well, I uh, think that's going to be common. not to get 
too yeah. much into it, but we're we we're expanding a little further than that as well. But that does provide a lot of options for a player. And that identity can change. Maybe you are really excited about the character, and then maybe an event like that happens where you're like, I made a really bad decision, and either you make it up role-playing that character and those events out or you say "Ah, I'm gonna I'm not having fun with this character I'm not having role being in this role anymore I want to try something different and then you would kind of automate that character for a while or have them go off and you know study or maybe move them in the direction you want them going I think that would be possible Mm -hmm. well and I think this is just a good question to ask in especially when we get into play testing especially of the players that are there do you know when it's all said and done and they have their characters and maybe we've played a few sessions you know just sitting them down and asking do you like who your character is do you like how you built them do you like how it all came out and how they've been playing does it give you the feel that you were hoping it would or is Mm -hmm. there something that's off is there something that you were hoping you would have had that you don't and And then then, i just think that feedback is yeah that's definitely a something to keep in mind as we move forward in our design and really any game i think you have you can always talk to your dm about that anytime either don't let the dm come to you sometimes if you're having issues with a character I'd much rather somebody bring it up to me than me have to go keep checking. Well, and I think you and I just had this yeah, uh, with Desco where I wasn't like, I was wanting the arena fights. We were testing our grappling system, but I, you know, moving back as your game is getting ready to kind of launch back up. I was wanting to move those arena fights to more full-on fights because I felt like all of Desco wasn't being represented in his abilities and what he could do. And I was just afraid of like losing a fight and being like, ah, if I would have had this or this, I well, yeah. might have been able to pull it out. And as I said, I'm glad I said this when you called me, because I know you were a little antsy to ask about it. It's like, I'm glad you brought it up because I would rather you have brought it up than me to have done it the way I had intended to, and then have had something bad happened as a result. And it's like, well, I feel like I got, I know you wouldn't feel that cheated, but it would still be a little disappointing to lose about that. You really, it was only being determined by roles without really skill involvement. Well, just you build these characters up over time and you go through all these challenges and you level up and you gain these abilities. And it's like, I want to show off these abilities. And I think, like the other players, when they watch the fights, <laughs> they had even started making note, like, wait, does, you know, what, what, why doesn't he get this advantage? Or why isn't he being, why isn't Desco able to do this? And we've had to explain, look, we're testing our grappling system to see if the roles make sense. But that's the thing with the arena fights. It's not just going to be like traditional wrestling where you grapple and then it's mm-hmm. who can, you know, get control of that grapple they're more like definitely fights yeah typically not to the death but it does happen sometimes and And that was another concern you had too is if you lose and die from something that you're not you know 
Now, that being said, I would justify that with saying you would have had to have a little faith in me as the DM. <laughs> but yeah, no, I understand the sentiment. though. So yeah, it was something I'm glad you brought up. I hope we've come to, I think, a happy compromise with it that I think we can both live with. Yeah. But yeah, if, so bring it up. You might not get exactly what you want, but at least the DM will hopefully work with you. Maybe not. Good DMs will work with you. Yeah. As long as you're not a jerk about it. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> don't, we, don't go in raging about it. Well, and you and I had discussed that too, because you you also brought up to me, you kind of presented a couple different options. And I think we kind of came to a compromise on one. But, you know, one of the options you presented was we could just not do the arena stuff. And I think that would have been a fair thing. It's like, you know, I'm fine with not doing the extra work to make these fights, but I don't want to lose one as a result of it. So maybe we'll just put them on hold till after the campaign and assuming Desco survives you could have kind of picked up that whole story plot then and we could have done it outside the campaign but i'm Mm -hmm. glad i think we're still going to be able to do it within so yeah i mean the way you presented it the presentation's everything (laughs) (laughs) well and i think that you have to be willing to lose a little in that situation you have to ask yourself is this fair you don't you can't be selfish with it like is this fair to the dm is this fair to the other players and I have to be willing if if there cannot be a compromise, if it's if it's not going to work out, I have to be willing to drop that part of it. And I was I was totally fine walking away from that. And you actually surprised me like, no, I actually want to keep keep them. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason why. And I don't want to I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> I won't spoil it. It's not well, we we could yeah. have done away with it. We could have done away with it, but it would have there would have been some things that I wouldn't have been as happy with if we had. I don't know. I, I don't want to spoil it, so we'll have to leave it at that. Yeah, I think it makes it makes sense to myself. Maybe not <laughs> those of you listening, but where how things have progressed, it does make sense uh, where where you're coming from. But we also have other players that sounded like you know there's potential that others might be looking at getting into this arena and (laughs) i was just like oh if i'm gonna be doing pvp i'm getting all my abilities like (laughs) well and that's another thing is this is a way we might end up adding pvp in down the road that doesn't you know if players are wanting to pvp they could always do an arena match and the there wouldn't have you know before the match we would agree upon this is not a to the death fight above board fights are not to the death unless something has been arranged mm-hmm. uh, the the other fights can get a little dicey there, there's uh, two other circuits in the world and those ones can definitely death that could definitely because well, the black sands it, it arena can be frowned upon yeah. But yeah i mean black sand arena death was definitely an option <laughs> yeah and so yeah just it, it was part of his identity to have those there because his background was an arena fighter and that's kind of how I built his character to be and I just didn't want the other players thinking that they could walk into the ring and just manhandle Desco <laughs> yeah well that's that's a good point too so and I do I think we had a very fair uh decision made about it and i can continue to be proud of desco's identity and who he is and he i can continue role-playing that 
you know, proudly and happily without being like <laughs> grumping on the side. And so once it, again, yeah, it's yeah. worth it's definitely worth talking to your team about if you're having an issue, but just also be somewhat reasonable. Running a campaign is a lot of work and they're not going to want you coming to them every other week with some huge thing. Well, and I think you handled it really well too and because it's two sides the dm has to handle it well too and so as a dm you have to be willing to just listen and i think that's the biggest thing i could tell you is just listen hear them out and empathize with where they're coming from and if what they're saying just it's not in the cards you just look i understand where you're coming from but to be honest this isn't going to work and give examples of why it, it, maybe they're new and they don't quite understand how much work goes into running a campaign. It is a lot of work, especially when pretty much all of it's homebrew. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's, that's another thing too. I just want to bring this point up is we do, you and I have similar DM styles. There's some things we definitely do differently but there's also things that we do the same and different dungeon masters run things completely differently. Cause I know there are some out there that really like, if you're going to go to them with a bunch of random things you're wanting, you're probably going to get told no <laughs> a lot. And maybe I'm speaking out of turn with that, but a lot of it just depends on what you're asking for too. I mean, if someone's coming to me and asking for some amazing piece of loot, I might make that happen, but I'm probably not just going to give it to you. <laughs> but there might be other DMs who, if you're going to go asking for loot, that's a good way to not get what you want to. Yeah, you might actually get the exact opposite. Or if you do find find it, it's going to be cursed or something. Yeah. <laughs> how, how you approach the situation really does matter. <laughs> so I guess some of that's yeah. knowing your DM too. So we shouldn't really speak for all DMs. And I'm not just saying there's a right way or a wrong way to do it because you know the amount of work that goes into DMing. The DM at the end of the day, it's, it's the DM's call. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was expressing to you is mm -hmm. like, I know this is a lot of work. <laughs> and to run fights outside of the campaign, having to make a whole nother fight because now you've got to come up with a character and we're not talking just oh this will be one or two fights throughout the entirety of the campaign we're talking like multiple fights here like a whole circuit of fights that will be going down and you're basically creating mm -hmm. a mini boss battle for one player and to do that in game you're you're looking at taking up at least an hour of time that the other players are going to have to sit through and, and you and I, and well, and that's, yeah. and that's one of the compromises you and I made is that I was, we were basically going to run those fights on the side, just in order to at least not bog down the other player's time. And that was, I expressed that to you is that was a concern of mine, because when we've done fights before, I, I just think the other players don't find it as satisfying. I, I think it's okay when it's a summary is given, but to sit out and do an hour fight, I just, I don't think that would be a good idea. <laughs> Well, and I just, I think it helps with the progression because you can still have those big events taking place. Mm -hmm. And instead of the players sitting there having to watch the back and forth of roll, 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 roll they get the time, reel. Yeah, they get the they, yeah, they reel. get the highlights. And so it makes it fun and exciting for them without taking a good chunk of the campaign away from everybody else. And that was like my biggest concern is like, I don't, 
want to be selfish. I don't want the players sitting, the other players at the table being like, oh God, this again. <laughs> and that's, and that's why that was, city. and that was one thing that I was like, I, I would not have budged on that. <laughs> and I, I briefly did consider just saying, yeah, maybe, because I completely understood where you were coming from. I, I completely got it. I think it was a justified thing to ask for, especially if your life would be on the line in one of the fights. It's like, yeah, I know that makes perfect sense. That being said, I, because of that, I did consider just saying, yeah, let's just put it on hold. And we might not get into his full thing that we would have, but we're at least going to be able to, the ones that we do, I think you're going to be satisfied with. At least most of them. <laughs> if you lose you well, might it'll be, be satisfied fun. but yeah it'll be fun if nothing well else. i will be i will be i, I desco desco personality is like he never expects to lose <laughs> but from, from a player standpoint it's it'll be satisfying knowing that i lost but i used everything that, that you I had, had in your yeah at your disposal and then the conversation comes well how does desco get better to meet this challenge mm-hmm and it'll tell if this stuff is unbalanced or not amongst our different races. <laughs> so, speaking of getting your butt kicked, I've been playing some Elden Ring. It's an amazing game. <laughs> your cup of tea, not mine. But yeah. If you're been, in, I have been watching gameplay. <laughs> I've talked to quite a few people about it, and I'm like, if you have not played Dark Souls or Bloodborne, it's definitely not a game you want to go out and buy. You, you should know what you're getting into before you buy this, and there's a much cheaper way to do it, and that's to buy Bloodborne or any of the Dark Souls games. You can probably catch them on sale for, you know, $10 now. Definitely, they're fun games, but they are definitely not for everybody. I did get one of the Dark Souls, and I did play it for a little bit. <laughs> I got to a certain point, I'm just like, nope. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed that rambling, please consider supporting our podcast. You can show your support for the Lost Geeks on Facebook and Discord. We anticipate your collective feedback and suggestions. We would like to offer our sincere thanks to Nomad. That's K-N-O dot M-A-D for providing his musical talents. You can discover him for yourself right here on Spotify. We hope you return for our next episode. And I do apologize for the cutoffs. If I don't stop them, then no one will. They are lost after all. Till next time, my lost geeks.